I'm Lizzie. I'm Nat. Welcome to The Third Space, a podcast for youth workers, by youth workers, to talk about the highs and lows of working with young people in spaces outside of school and home. And today, we're talking about parent engagement. Woo! Dun, dun, dun. It's a both hand. <laughs> the doom and the hurrah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean... Aren't all things the both and huh? truly? Maybe that's what we should rename this podcast: Youth Work, the Both and. Um, great. And so for our check in today, um, we're going to start off with the woos um, by thinking about a muffiny moment related to parent engagement. So a time that you had a really positive or heartwarming interaction with a parent or adult family member of a young person. Oh my goodness! I just had mine. Also, who are you? And now it's disappeared. Hi, I'm Nat. My pronouns are they, them. And no, I just had it. And I was so confident in what it was going to be. No, now I remember. Um, So I've been in my current position at my current organization for now going on like four and a half years. Um, and just this last cycle for camp, we had a parent who I didn't realize at first, I think like reached out to our admin person, um, saw something that we shared on Facebook and was just like, Hey, I saw that like camp applications opened up and my kid went to this, um, before, and it was a really meaningful experience for them. And so then like, our admin person was like, Hey, does this name ring a bell? And I was like, no. And it was because like, it was the first class of youth leaders. It was, I think before I was even a staff member, um, a young person that I ended up um, meeting when I just attended as a volunteer counselor. And that felt really muffining to me. And actually that parent like had reached out and was like, how can I support? Are there any supplies you need? And it was that idea that kind of sparked the Amazon wish list this year, which as all hail, all if if I'll recall, like cannot sing enough praises about the Amazon wish list. Um, yeah, and it just felt really good to have a parent reach out so many years later, and um. And, and literally transform uh, a way to support our, our biggest youth leadership program. So that's my muffiny moment for today. Who are you? I'm Lizzie. My pronouns are she and her. Um, I think that I have so many. I love, I, (laughs) one thing you will learn about this podcast, I really enjoy my work with parents. It's one of my favorite parts of my job. Um, I think my muffiny moment that comes to me is, um, I think like the moment that really sticks out is this time that, um, we had some young people that were like being, I needed to have some accountability conversations with Mm. some young people about our program values and how they showed up in program, but they were too young to transport themselves to program. And so 
I needed to tell the parent like what I was doing because I needed them to come in at a different time. And so I had to be like, I have to have like a talk with your kid. So you need to bring them in. Um, which I was like nervous. Yeah. Right. right. And I was like, feels very much like totally. And I was like nervous about it because I was worried that they were going to be resistant or defensive, or I think also like recognizing that the thing that I needed to have a conversation with the parent about was, I mean, these are LGBTQ group spaces. It was about, um, you know, it was some of our trans young people who were talking about gender in a way that wasn't aligned with her program values. But I don't know that it was like on a mainstream scale would have been as big of a deal as it was for our program. So I think I was also a little bit like nervous that they wouldn't get why it was such a big deal. Um, and I think like in the context of those conversations, so I had like three or four of them, um, it was like a whole group and I, and they were just like great conversations with parents about like, oh yes. Like I see this too. Like, I'm so glad that you're like holding them accountable. Like, I just really think like, I don't know. It was just like a moment. And, and I think like the statement that really sticks out to me as like the muffiniest moment was like, I really was a parent who was like, I really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation. Um, because I think it's true that like, you know, we say this a lot, I think, but like the accountability parts of our jobs, like to actually hold young people accountable takes a lot more time and energy to like do a non-punitive accountability conversation is harder than it is to just be like, you're out. Like that's easy. Um, and I think to have that like seen and recognized by a parent in a moment when I was a little bit nervous, I think was just like one of those moments of like having a parent like see value and appreciate the work that we were doing with her kid, which especially for a kid that she had been taking a group for years. Right. Um, every yeah. week, you know, so like that was cool. Yeah. 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 And so now it's your turn to share a story about parent engagement. It sure is. Tell me a story. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> your stories always have such deep beginning, <laughs> middle, and ends. Um, Not always great. Strap in, listeners. I, no. Um, when we So when I first started reflecting upon what would make a good story around parent engagement, um, I couldn't help but think as with most things, um, about camp, because it is just such a behemoth of a project. Pressure cooker. Youth work pressure cooker. Yeah, really is, just from all angles. Um, But for three of three separate years, we had at one parental unit attend at camp um, as a volunteer counselor, two of those years, it was a parent of one of our youth leaders who had, you know, helped plan and run camp. And one of those years, it was a parent of a camper. Um, and, you know, collectively, some of the takeaways there, um, what we learned from that is just like to be, I mean, with all things, you want to be thoughtful and intentional about like, what are our goals here? What, what are we trying to achieve? Who are we trying to achieve that for? Right. Mm. Um, and right. Like, I think that at some points we were, we, some of these parents had skills or, Oh, what is that word? It's not, um, not a certification, but um, 
or yeah, yeah maybe a like certification a, yeah, like, or like well, a or license like, right yeah. like had certain like qualification qualification or... is the right that yeah. would meet like really specific goals um and and so you know, in, in the, wow, this is super awesome. And why don't we do this most more often column? You know, it clearly proved to be a really meaningful experience for all the parties involved. Right. I think for the young folks who were there, whose parental units were there. Um, I think it was particularly meaningful to be able to share this really, mm kind of like special space Mm -hmm. and I mean as someone like I've recruited my own parental I remember the first youth leadership summit that we ran like I recruited family members to be volunteers at that right Mm -hmm. and the moment of like standing in front of a group of people and introducing myself and knowing that my mom was there like there is this like moment of pride right that is different than um when you just like tell your tell your tell your parent like oh this is what I'm doing these days right right? like for them to actually see it in action um so I can I can only imagine how that felt to those young folks and 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 also on the parents and too um you could just tell by watching their their own engagement like with their kid in that space how how special of of an experience it was um which again is just really awesome to watch unfold. And um, because there's always the both and, right? Um, what I have particularly come to learn is when you're doing anti adultism work, <laughs> that is a whole different ball of wax when you're talking about parental units, right? And it is especially, right, as I envision having done this work for so long and when I envision my own self as a parent right and what will that look like and when might those values come into conflict um you know there were definitely moments where that happened in that situation where we right like honor self-determination and don't really like police young people's like language or behaviors, like we would, uh, right. We provide appropriate supervision. Right. Right. But we, you know, if there's a big old like cuddle pile of LGBTQ young folks, we're not necessarily going to step in and be like um, intervening. And I think there were moments where, right. Like as a parent, that might be something that someone like steps in and um, what you do in front of your mom is different than what you do with your friends. Right. Right. And so, and, but then how do you right? then like also help support that grown person through that moment while also saying like, it's not that you're wrong. Right. Cause you don't want to necessarily Mm -hmm. call into question they're like it's just like you're wearing parent hat right now and that's that's not this space you know um as and then i think like another benefit is that you know we're we are certainly older than the young folks that we work with right and we are younger than some of the you know than than some of these parental units and so it it did. There was a level of like security that was offered to us as younger youth workers to be like, well, 
if shit real go really goes down, there's right. a real adult here, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, or like a more adult than me adult. Right. Um, and that that is also like there is tension there then too when it's just like right, but I'm also your your boss. supervisor, right? Like your boss, right? And how do I hold space for and recognize that this is only coming from the best of intentions? Um, and like concern and, and all of that while also upholding the values of the space and, mm. and bring you into that. And, um, and so, and, and, and so, you know, what eventually came out of that was this, you know, policy that we, we wouldn't have parents in that space and not say like, no parents are allowed to be counselors, but like not, we just need a little bit more um, parents of participants are yes, not allowed to be. Counselors. Yes. Whether youth leaders or campers um, and really just because, right. We found, right. If our mantra is that camp is for campers, we found that in those situations, oftentimes we would have to extend additional time or energy or resources right. to supporting those particular counselors. Right. Um, and so and so, yeah, that that is one way. That is one version, right? In one very specific line of youth work that um, that I think just like helped me create a bit more focused lens in terms of like examining, like, well, what what are how do we best use parents? Like, right. how do we not use? Like, how do we how do we engage parents in meaningful ways? If we right. put so much thought and intention into how do we engage young folks in intentional and meaningful ways, how do we do that with parents as well? Right. Well, and I'm I was glad that you started off with this kind of like story of parents as volunteers as a space to talk about parent engagement because I think that quite honestly, like, and we have talked about this a little bit before, but I think this idea of like, particularly in LGBTQ specific youth work, mm. the history of that field is yeah. to not include parents at all coming yeah. from the assumption that adult family members of queer and trans young people are not supportive of them and not supportive of their identities. And so therefore we don't need to think about or include yeah. um, parents and adult family members. And I think like, that has changed tremendously over time, especially as the populations of youth that we work with get younger and younger and younger. Yeah. And I also think that because that's been a lot of my experience or a lot of my experience around like sex ed or youth leadership work. Um, and I think youth leadership work too often doesn't include parents because the assumption is that young people's capacity, like they don't need, especially for high, t- high school students, they don't need a parent to like mm. get them to program. So it's like, well, I don't need them. So like, I'm not going to engage them. Right. Um, and so I think when I was trying to think about how to engage parents or receive parents, the place I looked to for a model was like school. Right. Because school like talks a lot about parent engagement. But I think what's interesting about what you shared is that one of the primary ways that schools often ask parents to engage is by like volunteering in the classroom. Yes. But I think again, like I think that highlights some of the same questions of like for whom, right? Like for whom are the parents volunteering in the classroom? Are they in the classroom because it's actually helpful to the teacher? Like my guess right. is probably not, truthfully. 
in some ways because then you have to manage them. Well, true. But, but but so when I think of parents in classrooms, I think of like lunch monitors or but also like I went to private parochial schools, so maybe like parents oh. are used in other ways. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I like neither of us are really in education where there were parent right. volunteers. So right. like I don't want to say things that I don't know, but I I but I do wonder like I'm thinking in an elementary school environment if you have a parent in a classroom with a bunch of elementary school students, I would want to be really careful and thoughtful about when I would allow parent volunteers in my right. classroom and when I wouldn't. Like when they would be a, a help and when they would be a distraction. Right. And so I just think that's such like a an interesting frame for thinking about you know, parents as volunteers, what are the strengths of parents? What are the, what is the, what is the real purpose of parent engagement? And like, when, when is it sort of worth the extra work? Because anytime you add new people into any equation, it's extra work, extra volunteers, extra staff, extra, whatever, extra young people, (laughs) more people, more work. Um, and I'm just th- thinking about that as you're talking. Yeah. Well, and to that point, actually, that's where I have found that like parent and parent networks are prove the most helpful when you need a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in our advocacy work, right, if we get called to a school board meeting because we're worried there's going to be a contentious debate around a trans affirming policy, for example, right. That is where we're like, reach out to the parents, right? Because right. they will they will spread, they will recruit, they will show up, they will be, just be just really fierce advocates, right? right? For for their own young folks, but then also like families and families that look like theirs, and on behalf of other young folks, right? And it's just. That's awesome (laughs) to see that employed in that way. Right, right. Well, and I think like, you know, even thinking back to the check-in question of like sharing a muffiny moment, right? I think like we often, I feel like it's my experience that parents whose children have positive experiences in youth programs then want to like give back to those programs in some way, right? They really care about them. Yeah. Um. And so they want to volunteer, they want to get supplies, they want to like yeah. contribute in some way, which is like really lovely. And the other piece of parent engagement kind of on the flip side of that is like, I think the check-in, I'm just thinking about like my own check-in question answer, right? Of parent engagement while young people are still actively engaged in programs and just like information sharing with parents as a form about like their child's progress experience like whatever and sort of your observations as another adult who supports that child like wanting to wanting to connect the dots with the parent and and make sure that you're aligned or on the same page or right whatever which I think is a different kind of it's just like a different way to engage engage parents but and is important but I think serves a really different purpose and I think part of what I'm trying to tease out for my own self is like when we engage parents, what are the, what are the goals we're trying to accomplish? How is that improving? How is that making our youth work better? Right. Right. Well, and that's been my experience is oftentimes when I have been able to connect with parents. And again, like our youth leadership program, I have very rarely 
participate, I engage with parents, right? Like, yeah, I get a signed permission form if I'm transporting a young person right. somewhere. Sometimes I meet a, a parent as they're like dropping off their youth to an event or, right? Like I, I, I traveled with a young person to a national convening over the summer. And like that, like there was much more like you're getting on a plane with my kid. I want to talk through the details. I want it. Right. And so there was, and when those moments happen, it feels great to be able to like form those connections. But even hearing you think, or like thinking about how your programs work. And then I'm like, right. But like fully remote, like, we don't even meet in person. Right. So how, like, would, and, and I'm just trying to envision what these parents must think, like, as their young folks, like, commit to being locked into this online meeting twice a month on Friday night, right? And, like, I'm just like, yeah, how do I even, how do I even right. reach that, right? Well, <laughs> and and I, say, like, hey, this is who I am. This is what we're doing. Um well, and like, what's important to share? Like, I think right, that's the other right. piece too. Like, I think in an effort to really engage with parents, when I've worked on my programming in the last several years, one of the things we implemented last year was like a family newsletter, like mm. a parent newsletter. And it's mm-hmm. like an email newsletter. It's not, I did design a header. That was a big deal. Um, but I think like, and it goes, it's like, I try to send one out monthly that has like, and some of it's just like information to know, like, this right. is when groups like dates, this is when groups right. start, here's when events are like, blah, blah, blah. But I also try to include in it like parent resource mm-hmm. or um, like other things that are happening in our organization or like other events that they might be interested in, in the community or like whatever, right. which I think like, and I think quite honestly, is just like a way to for me is like a way to stay approachable. Like I don't want, I don't want our programs to feel like a black box because like sometimes, for example, I'm thinking about like my colleague who is a star um, and her work with one of our young people and who has needed some help talking with their parent about some things that have come up for them. And they're not like, it's not like any of these things are like life threatening or like intense or whatever. I think they're just like hard to talk about sometimes. And like, so being able to, especially for this young person who, who's now been in program for a minute and, and has moved at least from seventh to eighth grade and possibly before that. But I think like, right. Kind of starting to transition into high school, like Mm. wanting to whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, you're sort of getting to that place where you have a little bit more independence, but you, so you want, you need to like self-advocate with a parent, but that's like hard and scary. Yeah. Um, the first times that you do it, especially if you're afraid of a negative reaction and just thinking about how helpful it has been to be able to have open communication established so that when something does come up, it doesn't feel out of left field, like to have like, Hey, like, let's have a phone call. I want to check in about a couple of things, like whatever. And then you just feel so much more. um, I think they're just clear. It's just been my experience that I think now the parents, now that we've been doing that for a while, the parents that we do work with seem not only more approachable, but I think more comfortable with us as staff. Like, I think just like a lot clearer about who we are, what our roles are, like how many, and I think have a better understanding of like how many things we might be juggling too, which I think builds some empathy in our direction so that we do have to bring up things 
it's a little bit easier to do that. Right. Um, and I just think like from my person, like when I think about the purpose of parent engagement, like not only is it about, you know, like wanting to, to support the parent, but I think also just like build the relationship so that when the young person needs you to help them advocate with their parent, there's a relationship there. There's already like a feeling of goodwill. Right. Uh, oh my goodness. That remind that, that feeling of goodwill reminds me of this training I just did recently. I was, it was, the planning process was a little, um, I, I went into it thinking it was going to be one thing. Like I thought it was originally going to be kind of like an anti-adultism with this like group of folks who are, are, you know, labor organizers and just about to start working with young folks. So I was like, great, anti-adultism, got it. And then entered like the um, kind of like the last planning call before I started planning the workshop and found out like, well, the first group of young folks that they're going to start doing this organizing work is is their kids, right? And I'm like, well, that's different. <laughs> um, but it ended up being really great because it it, it ended up proving um, just like really heartwarming because it actually ended up being more of an LGBT 101 situation. And like hearing these parents talk, like it was clear that all of these parents are doing the absolutely right thing, but just... Um, they're like, I just don't get it. Like, I just mm. don't understand these things. And I'm like, sure. So like, ask the questions now. And like, you mm. and, and just like to see the relief on their faces mm. when they heard me be like, no, y'all are already doing the right thing, though. Like, you are showing up for your kids, you're demonstrating that you're a safe person to talk to. Like, I am so appreciative that parents like you are out there because there are too many young folks who might not necessarily have that, that it was just like, even that how far that sentiment yes. and express and shared like and shared sentiment can go in terms of relationship building. Yes. And this was also like the first time I've ever presented to a monolingual like Spanish speaking group. And so there's like language. I don't speak Spanish. Most of them didn't really speak much English. Right. There was right. an interpreter present, which like Olivia, thank you so much. You were so great. Um, and despite that like despite that like right. kind of like language barrier there was just such appreciation and gratitude and connection that happened right. that it was just like a really well, incredible moment and I think I'm I am glad that you shared that because I think um when I say that like working with parents is my favorite part of my job often yeah. what I'm talking about is that yeah like and I think like because um in the work that I do, I'm the program manager. So right. I receive all, I manage all of our intakes. Right. And so as a result, I get a lot of information seeking emails and calls from parents who are like, I just don't know. Like I just, <laughs> right. and just this moment of just like, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I think I'm supposed to like call and like, maybe, maybe they should be in a group and like, I, should they be in a group? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, and just this, like the vulnerability that yes. it takes yeah. um, for parents yeah. to call and ask questions. And I think the opportunity, the thing that I enjoy so much is the opportunity to be a person who is in this quote unquote expert role, yes. right? Where they're coming to you like, you're a professional that works with children. Right. Am I doing it right? Like, right. cause that's what it yes. feels like the question really is. And I think to be able to, 
to affirm to affirm those kind of like anti-adultist parenting practices where they're like, well, my kid is saying this, so I like want to support them. And I'm like trying to yeah. show up and like, I don't really know. And blah. and like, just be able to affirm that they're seeking resources, that they're asking questions, that they're like doing the right thing. They're picking up the phone, they're reaching out, they're like, whatever. And just to be able to like, be someone to, to even to just sit in it with them a little yeah. bit and to just be able to be like, yeah, you're right. This is, confusing yeah and like this is hard and I think even in doing like my individual work with young people outside of our youth programming like so much of the work that I've done with my individual clients has been sitting with parents on the phone yeah and being like uh-huh yeah <laughs> like yeah you're right like that is really hard yeah. and like you're right it is really scary yeah. that like we're seeing this behavior like it is really scary that like you know your kid is like gonna go off to college and like we're not sure whether or not she's ready but you know what we're just not gonna know right until she goes right and just being able to sit in that and have parents feel heard and validated well yeah and I think that to me it was that piece of it because again as a conflict averse person um and yet like I am old enough to be a parent I have plenty of friends who are parents I have I have friends who are parents who are older than some of the young folks that I work with at right. this point. Right. Like, and so, and yet, right. To speak to your earlier point that oftentimes it feels scary mm-hmm. and like, how, what am I going to be met with by this totally. parent? Right. Like, totally. is it like, so still seeing them, I mean, in this young person's life, you are the authority figure, right. like you are the parent. And I definitely like when I reflect back on early, like when I was a teacher, right. It, it, and again, yes, as a classroom teacher, parent engagement means a very different thing than like doing youth leadership or doing LGBTQ youth work or, you know, doing holding either of the roles that we currently have, but it has most definitely been those experiences of just connection, affirmation, offering that level of support and just honestly, sometimes just being an ear because all they want is to write, like Mm -hmm. share and be like, great, cool. Like my kid has all of these resources and spaces where they can maybe be like heard and supported, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, that has helped me be a little less scared in approaching totally. those conversations and being like, Hey, like I'm just another resource, you know, like right. it has helped. I don't want to say like level the playing field, but it has helped, you know, it's, it's just with any interaction, right? right. Like people can sense if you hold like nervousness or <laughs> tension and it is only as a result from having those really, cute moments of connection that I feel like I am able to go into those um, interactions with less apprehension and anxiety. Right. Well, I also think too, like, and that's not to take away from the moments where there are phone calls with parents that do have conflict. Like, and I have also sat in those phone calls, right. Where like you, you know, and again, I think I've had this over several different things, but the one that is coming to mind is a young person who was in program with me was wanted to be in our trans group and the parent was a solid medium on Mm. the support level, just like not really sure if it was real, not really sure if it wasn't. Mm. 
And there was just this, like, what felt like to me, like I was being asked for answers I didn't have. Like, well, is my kid really trans? Mm. Is, you know, is this really an issue? And I, and I've quite honestly, I've sat in the same phone calls with my individual clients too, around different issues. Like, well, okay. But like, I know they're saying this thing, but like, is that really true? Are they actually as depressed as they say they are? Is their anxiety really that bad? Are they actually having panic attacks? How, like, what's going to happen if right. we hospitalize them? Uh, like all of those conversations right, right. where you're just being asked for answers you don't have, which I think like, again, trying to access for me, like what I have found most helpful, which I think is part of what you're saying is just trying to access the empathy for the fact that they're freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> but I think like trying to access that empathy, but then like really just naming, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the outcome is, but what I can promise you is that I will be here regardless right. of what it is. Right. And we'll figure it out. And we'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Well, and I think especially like in moments of uncertainty, right? And so it's it's been a minute since I've been in the field, but I, you know, prior to holding this position, I worked for this very small residential agency on the west side of Chicago that worked with older youth in care, right? And so thinking of those systems involved young folks, right? And so like the added tension that is there when you're engaging via a system, right? Being Mm -hmm. the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services where like this young person was removed from the home for, you know, whatever reason or variety of reasons. Um, and especially even as my, so I, yeah, it's been over almost five years since I've been out of that field, but I could see the trends even then of like DCFS wanting to move towards more like family reunification. And so clearly a move towards more family engagement, Mm -hmm. right. And how do you, how do you do parent engagement in that landscape mm-hmm. where there's, again, like, I feel like just natural tensions of, um, you know, like you, you, you have a young person comes in and you do like the intake and you have like their case file, but it's very different to see like behaviors on a page versus like engaging with a human who also has experienced the trauma of separation. Right. Um, Cause that's your kid. And so how, yeah, just, I feel like that, that just is a whole kind of other right. space of like, how are you offered the support? How were you not offered the supports that you needed in right. order to fulfill this role? And how do we help connect you to that? And how do I, how do and I navigate that relationship of like, I'm here for you. Like I want to the be you here. in that scenario with the parent, correct? Like, yes. so you are, yes, in, yes, sorry, yes, just yes. to clarify. Sorry. So yes, you, as, yes. So like the, right. So how do you build a relationship with a parent who has had their children removed from their home for yes. whatever set of reasons and how, which I think again, right. Having also in a similar situation for my one of my field placements like having read those case files like that quite honestly like one can have very strong reactions to reading those case files some of the things that are in them are hard yeah and I like upsetting like can make like I have read case files and felt angry on young people's behalf and also had those young people want to have relationships right with those people with their parents because like that's appropriate and they should Right. right and I think or not should, but like, it makes sense that you would. Right. And I think, um, 
And I have spent far more time working with families who have not gotten to the point of separation, but have had DCFS involvement for whatever set of reasons or parents who are in families that have had lots of DCFS involvement, who are fearful of having their children removed from them because they have other people in the family that have had that experience or whatever. And that's been much more my experience. Um, Which I think also to your point, like anytime there's a system involved, it becomes a much more challenging to build authentic relationship because they don't trust you. Um, and B, I think more challenging to manage your own reactions to the person in front of you and wanting to, on the one hand, especially when you are an adult who is charged with caring for, protecting, supporting a young person, and also, like, right, so you feel some defensive feelings around right. the young person. Right. Um, but also, like, wanting to connect them with their grown person, their well, other adult. And also not wanting to freeze people in time, right? Right. Wanting to acknowledge the capacity for growth and change and healing and all of that. And, again, like, with, yeah. So it's just, like, it. it's messy. And mm-hmm. luckily... None of us shoulder any of it alone, right? right? Like totally. That's why I'm like, you utilize your resources, you're talking to your supervisor, you're talking to peers and colleagues or folks who have done the work before. Right. Well, and I think like, you know, and I, I say that I've said this before, but I think it's almost like in... For, for we the social workers I think it is um, only almost like a cliche to be like seek supervision like seek consult mm. like whatever like we it's almost like said so much that it feels insignificant but I also feel like as I wouldn't work with young people if I didn't care about young people and right. so like of course when I like learn that there is a grown person who is supposed to be responsible for taking care of loving supporting whatever a young person, like, yeah, I get mad about that. (laughs) Like I am frustrated. Like I get frustrated with parents, even when it's not as extreme Mm. as like a DCFS involvement situation, or it's not like at the level of abuse or neglect. I think like when a parent is not supporting a young person. In a way that you believe that they they ought to, right. Or like whatever. I think that's really frustrating. And I think like, that's also part of the part of parent engagement that can feel really challenging is when when we ourselves, right, can feel adversarial with the parent because we believe that in some way we have the child's best interest at heart in whatever way, right? Like in a way that's better or better than the parent. And I'm not saying that that, that's necessarily true, but I think we can get to an emotional place that feels that way. Um, And I think it is so important in those moments to be like, these are my big feelings about it. And like trying and sharing those with other people because I think then you can get the perspective, which, you know, my fabulous supervisor always says when we work with parents and kids, like the truth is always somewhere in the middle, right. always. Right. And so I think it gets really easy to ally ourselves with young people, right, against parents or ally ourselves with parents against young people. Like, I think it's hard to try to sit with the truth is somewhere in the middle. Well, and also to hold that, like when you're reading those case notes, right? right? Because I mean, yes, that I mean, I know... I mean, there is a long history of these systems that like that paints the 
the journey of these systems and how they are racist and how they are classist and how they, right, like impose certain standards on folks. And, right, there is also very thorough investigative practices that go into, right, like, I don't think that, I I hold hope that DCFS has gotten to a place where they no longer, right? Like they do not take it lightly, the role of removing a young person from their family of origin. Right. Um, And so, and so, yes, I guess recognizing that the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Also, what is truth? Like what is right? (laughs) Like, like, so, so all, you know, um, but we can hold all of these very complicated and complex nuances and still still show up and authentically right. just be like, I am here as a support for your young right. person and I am also here as a support for you. And what do you need? Like, what right. does that support look like? And how do I best try to connect you to the resources right. to the limits of my capacity? Right. Right. Well, and I think, you know, and I think this feels like that statement also, I'm just trying to think of like other sort of like strong strategies for interacting with parents. And I think like your statement of like, what are the supports that you need? Like, I think asking parents what they need is such a helpful question yeah. Um, to ask parents. I was thinking the other thing that I was thinking of, of like strategies, you know, what are, what are some of the things that I'm like actually doing in my work that I feel like are moving towards this goal of parent engagement. Mm. And I feel like one of the things that I do also is work from the other side. So like, how do I support a young person in facilitating conversation between the young person and their parent, mm. even when I'm not there. Right. Um, and just trying to like validate a young person's feelings without vilifying a parent yeah. and like what an important skill that is as a youth worker to be able to be like oh my gosh it is so frustrating that like you weren't you didn't feel heard by your mom or whatever I'm wondering what she was experiencing at that moment and like helping the young person to build empathy up like in the same way um I feel like is such a helpful strategy as well hell yeah skill building (laughs) um so yeah. So I feel like I'm just trying to think of things, those kinds of things too. And I'm appreciative of that question, asking the question of the parent as well. Okay. And now that we've opened all of those complexities, <laughs> we will check out. You're welcome. Gentle um, yes. We'll go ahead and check out. So um, we'll just share, you know, something we're taking away an action. We feel called to um, what you got. I am puzzling again uh, around the idea of like, what does parent engagement look like in a fully remote group Mm. (laughs) of youth leadership? Um, And one of the things that I implemented for our last like incoming class. And so this is the second time is like a welcome letter to youth committee, like, Mm. right. Um, And so I'm wondering like, what might it look like? to also pen a welcome letter to the parents um, again with permission and consent of the young person right be like hey like I just and, and it could be like very basic like this is who I am this is the work that we do it's actually really cool that your young person like mm. 
was welcome. Like there was an application and an interview process and they were invited to do this really great work um, that deserves recognition, but also like, this is who I am. The, this is my role in this organization. Here's how you get in touch with me if you ever need to. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think great idea. I think thank you. I want a welcome letter. <laughs> I'm gonna write a welcome letter. Thank you for your checkout idea. Yeah. Um yeah. I think um I'm now distracted by thinking about the welcome letter. <laughs> um, particularly because as I think about parent engage as my programs have grown, I don't interact with every young person in the same way. And that yeah. would be a great way to be like, hi, you might have interacted with another staff, but this is who I am. Right. Um But I think the thing that I am feeling called to is to think about how to celebrate the really amazing parents that are Mm. a part of the work that I do. Um, And how do I, again, like, you know, I have these phone calls, I think, where I like these individual moments of validating, of validating the great work that they're doing and like raising amazing young people. Yeah. And I, I want to have more opportunities for that and to be more thoughtful about how am I like lifting up and celebrating parents who are just doing a freaking great job. Like, I just like want, because I think like, it's so parenting is often invisible work. Like it's not seen, it's not tangible. You don't like whatever I think like, and certainly not public. And I think like recognizing that. I don't know. So I'm just trying to think through like, how do we do that in a meaningful way? Um, and how do I like share with them that like, I see what they're doing, you know? Um, so yeah, so I'm sitting, I'm sitting with that as my checkout. Word. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for talking with me. Yeah. Well, gentle listeners, that's it for this episode of the third space. We hope you'll be back next time for our episode on Peer conflict. (laughs) We'd love to have listener questions and ideas on future episodes. So please, please, please send us your brilliance in a voice memo or like a regular email. If like recording your voice isn't your thing um, to info at airandwaterwork.com. That's airandwaterwork, all spelled out, dot com. Thanks, youth workers. We see you. We appreciate you. Y'all rock.